This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. This is my gift to you, Jason Kelly. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited <laughs> uh, to connect with our next guest. I've been reading his stuff for years. Huge fan. Totally unabashed. I'm just going to say it. PJ O'Rourke. He's got a new book. It's called A Cry from the Far Middle. It is out. you got to pick it up because it captures so much as he tends to do of the absurdity of our time, but with mm. such a rapier wit, as they used to, t- to say. He joins us on the phone from New Hampshire. PJ, what a pleasure to have you here on Bloomberg Business Week. Well, what a pleasure to be here. What Welcome. a pleasure to be here in these uh, otherwise unpleasant times. So unpleasant. So unpleasant. So how do you even, I mean, listen, if nothing else, there's a whole lot of material for you. How do you even go about attacking this right now? Yeah, it's tough because everybody is so angry, and anger is not the friend of the happy humorist. Um, So, (laughs) it it makes it really tough. Uh, It's not so much that I'm worried about um, uh, offending people; it's just that I'm 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 worried about people being in any kind of mood to receive receive any kind of lightening up um, about. anything. (laughs) Well, you know, that's such a good point, you know, PJ, because people, it's like, you know, I try to have conversations with people and it gets so heated and angry so quickly. I'm like, lighten up. We're discussing things and you're going to have maybe a different opinion. I'm going to have a different opinion, but let's, let's discuss. It is, uh, we got the whole nation involved in that kind of fight that, uh, those of us who have been married for a long time cannot help but be familiar with this kind of fight. It starts out over, like, whether we should slip cover the couch. And by the end of the fight, it's like, uh, and not only that, I remember when you flirted with that girl at that party in 1995, and you leave wet towels all over the bed, and your socks are all over the floor, and it's, it's the kitchen sink, you know. We're throwing the kitchen sink at each other, and uh, we 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 we'd better stop that. You know, the other thing for it is I don't get what the cause is really. I mean, I in a way I do. I, I, I Trump is, shall we say that he's a somewhat divisive president? I think mm. we could probably go that far. Uh, I get that, and then the pandemic has got everybody cooped inside, like seething with grievances, you know, and like letting their minds run on all the things that make them angry and stuff. But you know, really, we're not facing a huge external threat at right. the moment. Where you know, wars, overseas war, are winding down. China's a worry, you know, but it's uh, you know, this it, is a worry. It's not, you know, it's not an imminent threat. I don't think. Uh, the economy was perking along pretty well and shows some signs of being able to re-perk. Um, uh, and, you know, why are we so mad? So you take this on directly in your book, and the the essay that I love the most is whose bright idea was it to make sure that every idiot in the world was in touch with every other idiot? Social media, I have oh. to think, is responsible for part of this, right? Social media has got lots and lots to blame. You know, I grew up, I'm, I'm, I'm old, you know, I'm 72 years old, so I grew up in like, you know, the 50s and 60s, and there was this wonderful idea that we would all get along better if we could just communicate. Mm. You know, if the generation gap could be closed with communication, if we could just talk to the Soviet Union, you know, if, the, if, if, if races, if, if people from different races would just 
communicate with each other. And there was this big star, Malcolm McLuhan, you know, who had yep. this whole idea that, that, that television would create a global village. And we all thought, oh, this is just genius. This is just wonderful. And it gives me an excuse to sit around and watch TV. And what the thing is, is that we, were, we knew about Marshall McLuhan, but we hadn't read him. Right. Because if you read him, Marshall McLuhan, he was, I, I found a radio interview with him, actually, where a Canadian radio broadcaster says, I thought you said we were going to have a, a global village, and there's all this, like, war and hatred and rioting and stuff. You said we were going to have a global village. And McLuhan goes, I said we were going to have a global village. I didn't say the villagers would like each other. Right, right. <laughs> um, there's one essay. It's the inaugural address I'd like to hear the president, whoever it may be, deliver. Um, PJ, you do write a lot about politics. And, you know, there's so much in here that I love, but there's also one that I'm just trying to find. I had the line highlighted. Just this reminder of, of the government is more than just one individual, even though that's who we elect. And, you know, just tell us about kind of how you look at politics right now and what you kind of want to get across to Americans with your writings. Well, one of the things about the presidency is we've just allowed it to grow into some sort of cult. You know, it's almost like a Xi Jinping or a, or, a, or a Vladimir Putin, where the president of the United States becomes like the sort of sacred king who's responsible for our well-being of our entire country. And, uh, the, and of course, if anything goes wrong, we, we, we take that sacred king and we sacrifice him. Um, uh, actually, well, we, we, we don't kill him the way that primitive societies do. We just give him a giant book contract for a really, really boring book. <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean. And uh, the thing is that that's not how it works. If you read the Constitution, it's, you, get, you get about five pages into the Constitution before the president is even mentioned. Right. You know, you know he's a chief executive uh, he's not the chairman of the board. We're the chairman of the board. He's he's just the chief executive, and he's supposed to make the laws that we make in Congress. He's supposed to make sure that they're put into force. Yes, he's the commander of chief during wartime, but it's Congress that has the power to uh, to declare war, not the president. They should remember that every now and then uh, when they're they're when they're griping at the president for the wars that he's had. They've got the power, and uh, yeah, this was never meant to be some sort of of of, of weird kingship or or, or, or cult of, of personality for good or for ill. You know, we're not supposed to worship the president, and we're certain, and we're not supposed to revile him. Um, he's, he's, he's just, he's got a corner office, but you know, he depends on us for, for, for to right. do all the work. And yet PJ, as I think about it and, and I am conscious of the fact that I and Carol make our living in the, in the media and you make your living, you know, in and around the media. And I listen to you on wait, wait, don't tell me. And I love those appearances. But, you know, from McLuhan to Facebook to Twitter, like the media broadly defined is is certainly, if not complicit uh, in all of that or is complicit, maybe and, and, and maybe responsible for the way that this has been a, a little bit warped. We probably should all be grounded without TV for at least a month. <laughs> right. And take away our phones, I mean, right? I'll take my share of the blame here. I'm not, I'm not, not picking on you guys. But, the, um, um, yeah, we, we get obsessed with trivia 
And then, you know, of course, there's always been that thing in the media where if it bleeds, it leads. Naturally, we love a disaster. But then there's also this thing that has emerged more recently. If it sleaze, it leads. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I I, I don't think that uh, uh, many members of the media could could say of the media as a whole. I mean, I think we each try and do our own job as well as we can. But overall, the media gets is easily distracted. It's getting sort of Facebook brain, you know, right? Where it's right. so easily defa- Twitter or Twitter brain, worse than Facebook brain. Facebook at least has some pictures of grandchildren. Uh, <laughs> so, so it's the la- it's the last thing anybody said. It's the last thing anybody heard. And uh, uh, the, the the you know in depth reporting is 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 hard to find, and impartial reporting is hard to find. Um, journalists, I, I'm old enough to remember when journalists like really looked down on partisan politics, and the idea of a journalist having partisan politics would be really like the I, I, I don't even know what to, to compare it to exactly. It would be like uh, uh, a journalist having like uh, a favorite European soccer team. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we have a few of those actually. Yeah, yeah we have a few, a few of those in our shop. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, one thing I want to ask you, and you you know, you know, end up this new book um, that's out with a bunch of your essays, and you end with, and I'm an optimist, and I know Jason is too, what I like about you, USA, and you say three things I like about America are fast food, suburban sprawl, and traffic jams. Um, we haven't seen a lot of traffic jams because of the virus. Um, suburban sprawl, though, we're thinking we might see a little bit more of because of the virus. As people, everybody's moving out in the country. (laughs) Even if the country's only as far as Levittown, you know they're doing the best (laughs) to get out of town. (laughs) Well, you know, and it's interesting. And you write, you do a a pre-preface, if you will, in your book, because you say you wrote these essays in 2019, and then 2020 happened. As we know, it's been a year of just one, you know, expletive and one after another, unbelievable yeah. story after another, and a lot of heartache, uh, if you will. And yeah. I think we're all wondering what happens on the other side. You know, what are your thoughts about this year? Well, it, it writes itself, you know. I mean, mm. people say, oh, America's so divided. America's never been this divided and I go, oh, 1861, yeah. I'm not sure America's ever been so divided. Having survived the 60s and the early 70s, uh, America's a ship that's got a lot of keel to it. And uh, we may take on water from the right, take on water from the left, but we have a tendency to right ourselves. Always very important to remember, America's not some country that once all, where everybody all got along. That, that uh-uh, never, ever happened from the moment that the colonists landed here and started to to fight with the people who were already here, who were defeated not in battle but by disease and demography. Mm. And then uh, think about all the people in America. I mean, some came here as scam artists. Some came here as religious nuts. Some came here uh, 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 totally unwillingly. were dragged here as slaves. Uh, some of us here were forced, my family was, forced by poverty, the Irish potato yeah. famine. Um, some people forced by bigotry, oppression at home, or pure lack of opportunity. We're a completely random bunch of people turned loose in this huge place. We hate each other. Uh, I mean, you know, in a nice, in, most of the time in a pretty nice and civil way, yeah. but every now and then it, it bursts out. We've never been, we've never had this like golden age where we all got along. 
And I just think we should go back to arguing in a civilized, you know, hitting each other in a civilized manner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's hoping. Can we just discuss? Exactly. (laughs) Let's just have a conversation. Well, really, really great to catch up with you. you. What a treat for us. Thank you so much. The book is called A Cry from the Far Middle, Dispatches from a Divided Land, PGA O'Rourke. You know, I should have said this at the top. I read Parliament of Horrors in 1991. Made me want to be a writer. Oh, you know, I was going so to, to study uh, politics yeah. in Washington, and listen, I still have it. It's a it's a gem, and it's about the government and, and how totally. it works or doesn't work. So, I got to uh, love a guy who says America is a ship that has a lot of keel to it. Jason, that is going on our T-shirt list. There you go. It's on the T-shirt list. P.J. O'Rourke, he's the best. So 